Just a quick heads up, there is a brief mention of sexual assault in this week's episode, so please take care when listening. Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of Criminality, the podcast. (laughs) The tagline escaped me. Uh, Loving reality isn't a crime. Right, Rebecca? Well, we love it. Well, not usually. I mean, yes, loving reality is not a crime, but there is so much crime in it, Melissa, and we knew that when we started this. But OMG. And we really had our hand on the pulse. We were really just ahead of our time, really. This week has been crazy. I, I don't even, it's like, it's hard. I mean, we're coming out with this now. It's going to be several days later. So much has happened. But yeah, of course, the Jen Shaw story broke. And I've seen no shortage of amazing headlines with plays on her name, like the shocking story. And like getting <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. Yes, yeah. arrested. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that's all been playing out and it just happened so fast and kind of out of nowhere, though, I think we all were suspicious when she didn't, couldn't describe her business accurately at the reunion. Right. I think we all were like, huh, that's odd, but who knew just how odd it, it is. The most odd. Yeah. That you played or you put that clip on our Instagram of uh, Heather Gay saying, I don't know what she does, but I love um, it. And like the RC, Arsenio yeah. Hall you know, or no, whoever, like raising Raise the, roof. the roof. And I was like, oh, I mean, this is not aging well. No, it, and no, and it's so recent, which is just even sadder. I mean, that would have been like kind of a sad thing on its own. But then in light of that, just, oh, cringe. Um, but what's so interesting now is she's denying the allegations and saying they're not true. Free Jen Shaw. It's a right? movement. Hashtag free Jen Shaw. Yeah. That I think only she and the Shaw squad are. <laughs> I don't know. A part of. I Allegedly. I She's got three lawyers. I don't know why they're letting her be near a phone. I, I don't understand. No, but can you imagine taking a phone from her? We saw that <laughs> cell phone footage yeah. from a few months yeah, ago. Right? The meeting between the lawyer. You take it. No, you take it. I don't want yeah. to take it. I had to exactly. talk to her last time. <laughs> Exactly. So you can be sure whenever more details come out, that's definitely going to be that is right on in Rebecca's wheelhouse. And she is going to cover it so well. And we're going to get so many details. I I mean, I'm already figuring out if being a podcaster is, you know, if that qualifies to being press at the trial, (laughs) because a hundred percent, it's a federal court in Manhattan. And I've been there before, because I've stalked Keeper Neary's trials there in Brooklyn. So I'm going to do what I can and get as close to the story as possible. I'm definitely not going to report it until there's, you know, a lot more to report, but shocked she's pleading not guilty. I think it's crazy and I just can't wait to see it play out. And I, we're just in for such a treat because uh, Salt Lake City is filming. Oh, so good. So So good. Because this always happens where they're like, uh, yeah, three months earlier and you just hear about what's happened. We never get the cameras there. This is amazing TV. And isn't this also happening for Beverly Hills? Won't we be watching that drama unfold? We should be. But how much do you think Eric is going to let us in? I don't think she's going to give us a whole lot. Well, I would normally say no. I don't think she would. But I've read that she was very open. I think even Andy was quoted as saying, like, she's incredibly open about what's going on with her and Tom, but uh, it's all relative. Like maybe in terms of Erica being open, it's very open, but it's never sure. going to be as much as we want. <laughs> Let's we, no. we know that. But I can't do another season of Lucy Lucy Apple Juice. I can't I can't take a one storyline and run it through the road. No. Now, and this one's so good and has so much potential. Exactly. They have to give it to they us. They really do. They have to. 
They really do. So yeah, it was uh, quite, quite a week. And you know, what's also funny is the day before that story broke, or possibly even the morning of, there was that story about um, Heather. Yeah. What's her, Why am I forgetting her last name? Uh, Carol Radswell, Heather Thompson, right? Yes, Heather Thompson, Heather Thompson in New okay. York, quitting, like yeah. mid-film, which I didn't even know she was a cast member is she was she just a friend of and she was filming I don't really understand I thought she was a friend of yeah. I didn't think they had they had said that she was a cast member okay. but I feel like there was enough time that went by that you want these people to come back like two years ago I would have been like eh but now I'm like absolutely you come back yeah Jill Zarin no I never no, want her back and I know needed. I'm on my own island for that but no I'm not 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 into I'm it I'm with you on that but I, I could take or leave Heather it didn't matter but I was just like oh interesting she quit mid mid shoot and then and then yeah. the Jen Shaw story broke and it was like Heather who is over <laughs> we have moved on we have it was a good day good really good day to be in the Bravo universe because it was just nonstop all day I, I really had to dedicate my life to the journey of the Jen Shaw it's you know so. really remarkable the things I pushed aside to kind of stay on top of it and I couldn't even stay on top of it what's amazing about no. this Bravo universe you're talking about is the fast and the furious. I mean, the memes, the jokes, the, mm-hmm. the it was like it was like Christmas morning. Like it just kept getting it better. It was incredible. It was Luann being arrested all yeah, over it again. It really, really was like December 2017. Yeah. <laughs> A simpler time. <laughs> yes. So this week, though, I am going to bring you a new story. And I was telling Rebecca, I struggle with this, not because it's not interesting, not because of anything, but it's so much information. So I'm condensing it. And I'm even going to have pictures for Rebecca because I think we're going to need them. And we'll be able to post these to social media to help you along. So the story I'm talking about this week, my clues from last time were uh, failed jewelry empire, full quiver, and what was the basement other one? wife? And oh, basement wife. Yes. So this week we're talking about the crimes, or not really crimes. They committed crimes, but they weren't arrested. Of the sister wives, the sister wives franchise. So it dawned on me after we recorded. Of course, basement wife should have been a dead giveaway. Even though <laughs> I mean, the basement part just made it so dark. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I didn't think the of wife alone. It should have been a, a clue because you're all about the sister wives. Like it's Love it's it. come up more than once. So yeah, but I actually, <laughs> I honestly am embarrassed to say I didn't know what a quiver was until I Googled it. Um, and that also. It's a big Duggars word. The Duggars like to say quiver. Okay. That makes sense. All that. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I understand it now. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so back in 2006, the show Big Love was on HBO. Did you ever watch Big Love? I think I've I seen pieces. Love. I didn't follow. It was five seasons, and it was about Bill Hendrickson and his three wives. Towards the end, it gets really off and weird, and he, like, runs for Congress or something, and it was kind of bizarre. So I followed it kind of, but it it was interesting. But that was, like, my first taste into the world of polygamy. And so interest is really up, and in 2010, there's these two independent producers who go to Figure 8 Films in North Carolina – And they have an idea to do a show about the Brown family. The president of TLC at the time, Bill Hayes, agrees after he meets the Browns and realizes they're really interesting, they're fascinating, and they're not what you would think of typically as a polygamous family. So they shot this footage in mid-2010 for the first season, and it ends in a wedding. They ended up filming even more in case it was picked up, and it was for 15 seasons, Rebecca. That's a long-running show. 
This show is truly about nothing. I cannot emphasize that more. I wait every week to watch this show and I get truly nothing happens. Just at best, they're moving from house to house. At worst, they're talking about this property they all want to live on that they're never going to. So what keeps you coming back? I have to ask. Right now in season 15, Cody hates at least one wife and at least one wife hates him. That's fascinating television that you have these people who are together because they ha- not they don't have to but they like they think that's the plan but they really don't like each other and it's kind of watching them season to season like come into their own and then also kind of not take his crap and then him his little ego is being deflated i don't know what it is it's there's probably it probably says something more about me than it does them that i'm so interested in it but it's just a dynamic that you don't see anywhere else well I'm not I I'm actually not sure that's true that seems to me like a theme we see on the housewives where the wife gets more confident from doing the show she starts making her own money she starts pushing back on the status quo a little bit so maybe it's a version of that but in this dynamic of a polygamous marriage in which case that makes sense to me it's relationship drama and tension totally relationship yeah because really nothing ever happens you Truly nothing happens. So if you aren't familiar with Sister Wives, here's a little synopsis and we'll get into more details as we go along. So you have Cody Brown and he's the patriarch of the family. In 1990, he marries his first wife, Mary. In 1993, three years later, he marries Janelle. One year later, while Janelle is pregnant with her first son, Christine joins the family. So Robin is the final wife and she and Cody marry in 2010, which is 17 years after he married his last wife. Wow. And this is part of, yeah, the season one finale is this wedding. And like I said, 17 years after Christine had joined the family. So besides Mary, who was the first wife, all the marriages between Cody and his wives are technically spiritual unions, at least for a while. At the center of the show is polygamy and the dynamics of the family. When the show debuted on TLC on September 26, 2010, the very next day where they lived in Lehigh, Utah, they actually announced an investigation into Cody Brown and his family for possible charges of bigamy, which was a third-degree felony, which carries a possible penalty of 20 years in prison for Cody and up to five years in prison for each wife. I forget what bigamy is. Bigamy is typically when two or more spouses aren't aware of one another. Oh, But this, they're claiming, is bigamy through cohabitation. So since they're all living together, the state of Utah considered it bigamy, which is weird, right? Because I thought it was the other way, but that's what they said. He's only married to Mary, but he's living with these three other women, and they considered that to be bigamy at the time. So this is back in 2010. Okay, got it. So in response to the investigation, the Browns released a statement, quote, we are disappointed in the announcement of an investigation, but when we decided to do this show, we knew there would be risk. For the sake of our family, and most importantly, our kids, we felt it was a risk worth taking, end quote. So before we get into the specifics of the family, we'll talk a little about what polygamy is and how this family came to be involved in it. Oh, good. Because I really, truly only knew the big love version of this. So polygamy is basically one person being married to two more spouses, Polygyny is one man that has multiple wives. Oh. Polyandry is one wife and multiple husbands. You don't hear about polyandry a lot, and that's because who wants to be married to multiple men? That sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) Depends who you ask, but I'm with you. Um, Wow, this is like 
getting real really fast. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Educational. I told you I've been everywhere in okay. this. And so we talked a little about bigamy. And that's something we hear in true crime. Every once in a while, you'll find one of these stories where this guy has gone off and he's married another woman, has more kids, and has to kill somebody to hide yes. this, right? So while some people look at polygamy as a way to take care of a larger family, kind of like a commune situation, others do it for religious reasons. And the Browns are one of the families that do it for religious reasons. So the Browns are technically part of a sect of fundamental Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, FLDS. And so Joseph Smith was the guy who founded Mormonism back in 1830. And he was deeply affected by the death of his brother a few years later. After he founded Mormonism, he has this vision of his brother. And in this vision, he sees something called sealings, uh, S-E-A-L-I-N-G-S. These are for faithful Mormon parishioners who are approved by the church. In these sealings that he saw in his vision, it gives a more powerful role to men to help save these people that they love to get into heaven. So by and large, at this time, more men are converting to Mormonism than any other religion. So in the early 1830s, Joseph Smith included polygamy into the practices of the church. Similarly to in the Old Testament, Abraham had multiple wives. So according to Smith, a good and righteous man can help lots of women get into heaven by being sealed into a plural marriage. So if you have a large family, it multiplies a man's glory in the afterlife and so this doctrine was established in 1843, wow. which I didn't realize that Joseph Smith was the one that actually brought this into no it. No idea. Yeah. So the government gets involved and the U.S. Supreme Court rules in Reynolds versus the United States in 1878 that polygamy was odious, which I had to Google, unpleasant. And <laughs> they said that second marriages were always void. And they were like, that's just how it's going to be. We're not doing this. You can't do this. Well, the Mormon church did not back down. They wanted to keep polygamy as part of their practices. And in 1887, something called the Edmonds-Tucker Act was passed in Congress. And this authorized the seizure of LDS church assets and makes polygamy a federal offense. So they basically said, we gave you a warning. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to keep doing this, now we're taking your stuff and this is you know, a federal offense. So in the 1880s, men that were polygamists started being attacked, and so the church feels this pressure to distance themselves from polygamy. So the president of the Mormon church at the time, Wilford Woodruff, announced in 1890 the church would no longer sanction plural marriages in adherence to the law of the U.S., but there were Mormons that still wanted to do this, so they actually would go off to Mexico and ended up marrying in Mexico and a lot of polygamous sects were born, sex, S-E-C-T-S, <laughs> were in, in Mexico. So by the 1930s, though, there's seven Mormon polygamous leaders who get together to form this loose confederation to keep polygamy going. So back, this is not even 100 years ago. And, and they did that for a while, and then it sort of became an underground thing. Um, it's estimated that there's around 38,000 fundamentalists practicing polygamy in the United States right now. Out of the seven Mormon polygamous leaders, we get this, you know, offshoot of Mormonism, which is the fundamentalist church. And so this is something you'll hear that's different. And they make it very, very clear that it's not the same thing as uh, traditional Mormonism. So now we've arrived at why religious polygamists choose this lifestyle, even with the threat of imprisonment. They feel like this is going to be a thing that helps them. It seals their family together, and all of them have heaven to look forward to. 
But what draws the Brown family into it? So Cody Brown was born on January 17, 1969, and he was born into the LDS faith. Uh, his parents were monogamous actually throughout his whole childhood. When he was 14, though, his parents sit down and have this conversation with him about celestial plural marriage, kind of saying, here's what this is, just want you to know. And he said, in hearing this about plural marriage, I knew I was going to do it. Like, they weren't doing it, but he just said, okay, this is my thing at 14. I had a lot of bad decisions at 14, <laughs> but I guess this was no. <laughs> I think like any talk from your parents at age 14, particularly around relationship and sex things, I don't know, just not a great time to make a lifelong decision. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a big one to be like, at 14, I decided, at 14, I decided I was going to get a tattoo of like a rat or something crazy. And luckily, 18-year-old me was like, that's a stupid idea. But 14-year-old me would have made some terrible decisions. Same, same. <laughs> so when Cody's 19, he moves to Texas. And during this time, he finds out his parents have been excommunicated from the church because his dad has taken a second wife. Okay. So they've gone from just being like, hey, this is what it is, to also, here's your new mom. And so he said he was really open to it. He thought it was great. He loved her like a mom, which is kind of amazing to hear because he never lived with them together, you know? So it's like getting a step-parent after you've, you know, grown up. It just seems like you're not going to have that connection. No, that's, Maybe. that's odd. I, I don't know. Maybe he just really was so inclined to be accepting of it that he could extend some Maybe. affinity for her. I don't know. Maybe. So this is whenever he is... He's back and he meets this lady named Mary. He meets her at church. And poor Mary. I re read the book uh, Becoming Sister Wives, wow. uh, you know, for research for this. And basically everything they say about her is never that flattering in terms of her personality, which makes me so sad. They were, he basically said, didn't notice her. She was there, didn't notice her. But she ends up attending some summer camp with his sister. And then his sister talks a lot about her, and then he meets her and says, oh, you're the Mary my sister really liked. And that's kind of how they start to know one another. How lovely. So, yeah. I Trust me, these marriages, you will not even believe how they start because you would be like, I would never. I would never let my child. It's good. So Mary grows up in California, and she moves to Utah when she's five years old. Her mom really wanted to get her dad into polygamy for some reason. I don't know if she was like, too many kids. Can we – I just need help. I do see the upside more for women in that sense. A hundred percent. How many times – No, there's a lot. Yeah, have you felt like if there was just one more of me or two or three, we could get all this done? Yeah, there – I could be – I wouldn't be the cooking wife. I wouldn't be the laundry wife. Rebecca, I'm running out of things. Yeah, what would I, I be? I was just like, wait a minute. That's right. I'd need a role and I'd have to get really good at it and be like intentional about it. So this wouldn't work for me because I'd be I'd be like the good for nothing wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the one I'd want. I would say I would love to be your good for nothing wife. <laughs> Put that on the vision board, please. Good for nothing wife. <laughs> That's my, I actually think I might be that already. Yeah, uh, I just don't I... have anybody to pick up my slack. <laughs> So true. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. So eventually her dad decides to get into polygamy at the encouragement of her mom. He takes five wives in total, and Mary ends up having 27 siblings. And so she's raised in the LDS faith. 
but now into this fundamentalist um, version of it. So Cody meets Mary and ends up joining the fundamentalist version of this because at this point his parents have, but he hasn't. So he joins. They fall in love. That's what they said. And married each other on April 21st, 1990. And they knew going into it, Mary knew going into it, Cody knew going into it, they were going to have more wives. That was just always the plan. And so the couple end up having one kid together, and we'll get into that later. And now we meet Janelle. Janelle is probably my favorite wife. And if we're talking Enneagram, she's a six. Oh. And I don't just say that because I'm a six. She's just logical. <laughs> she's so logical. She's such a planner. And she's like, I don't know. She doesn't require much in their relationship. I'm not saying that's me, but it's an interesting part um, with her. So she grows up in the LDS faith. Uh, her dad dies when she's two, and she has a stepfather that she said was really distant. And so she just knew, I don't want that for my life. I don't want that to be my spouse. So she just knew she wanted a really good husband, really good father. And she meets this guy named Adam, and her grandmother says, hey, you know, Adam, he's from a family of polygamists. And she was like, okay. She didn't know any other polygamist, but she finds out Adam's a polygamist. And so the two get married, and she thought they were going to become polygamist. But six months later, he moved out, and they divorce. And the thing was, during all of this, she really loved his family. She did a lot with his family, even in this short amount of time. And she was friends with um, his sister, his sister who was Mary, Mary who was married to Cody. Wait, 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 wait. I'm so bad at family relationships. So Mary, who is Cody's first wife, right. is the sister of the guy Janelle was married to. Yeah, you got Okay, it. so they're actually not related. They're not related. They're not blood, blood but, but they were familial marriage, right? Yeah. Okay. And that was kind of hidden from people in the first season. You didn't really know that until, Rebecca, you see photos from Mary and Cody's wedding, and Janelle is just standing right next to Cody in the wedding is from so three years before. weird. It gets weirder. <laughs> just... <laughs> Of course it does. I need you to buckle in. (laughs) It gets weirder. So she's in the middle of this divorce. She sees Cody. You know, they have somewhat of a relationship, just as friends, family. And she kind of notices there's something different about him. But she's going through this divorce, and she just kind of packs it away. Three months after Cody and Mary were married, Cody actually gets a job where Janelle works. So they meet. They talk. And she just keeps feeling really drawn to him. And she knows to become a part of a plural marriage. She knows he believes in it. And she knows Mary believes into it, in it. But it, kind of the wife tends to bring in a new wife more Ooh. so than the husband. So it's not like the husband's, I was going to say chasing booty, but I haven't come up with a better <laughs> phrase. <laughs> so they're not chasing booty. A wife normally finds a woman, uh, woman folk, to be one of the wives. Okay. Extend the sisterhood. Extend the sisterhood (laughs) over chasing booty. So that's what they did. So Janelle's mom hears her saying, you know, I really kind of like this family. I want to be a part of it. I think I'm supposed to be a part of it. And Janelle's mom, who's no longer married to her stepdad, says, this is crazy. I don't want you to do this. If you're going to go up there, I'm going with you. And she said, okay, so to go visit Cody's family. So she goes up there. Here's the thing. Cody's mom, I mean, Janelle's mom, 
meets Cody's dad, and they fall in love and they get married. Oh, my God. <laughs> there are people in the world who, like, actively resist getting married. These people are just like, it's like, it's weird. There's so much marriage happening. So much marriage. And these people, like, I just love the idea of these men being, like, the best of the best. Like, there's no one else. We have to marry him. He needs four wives. Mm, no, you could, you'd be fine. Yeah. But Cody's dad, so she goes from being, I don't think polygamy is good to, I'm now your mom and your mother-in-law and your husband that you're courting is now your stepbrother. Oh my gosh. This requires <laughs> a Venn diagram. I do have um, some photos I can show you. So I'll post these on social media, but I'm showing Rebecca right now a little bit of the family tree. So here we have Mary and Cody. Okay. They are going to have one daughter named Mariah. Yes. Now we're up to Janelle. Janelle and Cody. Janelle is, I think of her as the worker bee. She wants to work. She's just very, very smart, very hardworking, very organized. She is like no nonsense. These are her kids. Logan is her oldest. Maddie, Hunter, Garrison, Gabriel, Savannah. In my personal opinion, she has some of the best kids in the whole bunch. Oh, They're just good kids. Okay. She's a good mom. So Janelle basically said this relationship with her and Cody wasn't this huge love story. It was, hey, I like you. I want to be a part of your family. I think we get along intellectually. Let's do this. So she says they're not in love when they get married. It's very just like this works. They go on one date and they get married. But they end up getting married on Mary's birthday, which was such a terrible, Rude. terrible idea. Isn't it? And I love Janelle. And I was like, that was not a good idea. No, I, I would think as a sister wife, you, you'd respect birthdays independent of anniversaries. Like that's something you oh, can control. Let me tell you, every the episodes on these that actually have to do with anything is always somebody fighting over a birthday, over Christmas, over hanging ornaments. It's a whole <laughs> thing. So it's such a weird thing. So she and Cody together have six kids. Like I said, six of my favorite kids. In the book, it talks a lot about Janelle and Mary's relationship, and it was tense. So the two of them and Cody first lived in a trailer for a while and barely spoke. Cody traveled all the time. He did stuff in sales. And so the two women are just left to do nothing before they have kids. They're just like, can you imagine? No, that no, I can't. How tense it has to be to be like, okay, you're with my husband. I'm with your husband, and uh, we're all trying to get pregnant at the same time. So that's the other thing. Oh, God. Sorry. It's a lot. <laughs> don't put that on the whiteboard, or don't put that on the vision no. board. <laughs> it's like pregnancy pact meets sister wives. This is getting oh, weird. Gosh. I know. So next we have Christine. Christine is lovely. I think she is so much fun. She's so bubbly. She has such a great personality, and she's one of those people who was kind of made for TV, I think. So Christine grows up. In the fundamentalist church, she has two moms, 10 brothers and sisters. She is bubbly and vivacious and just the life of the party, just loud. And I love her so much. She's so fun. Her grandfather was the pastor of the church that they would all eventually meet at and attend. Um, according to the book, I don't know why I put this note in here, but this is one of those Mary comments I was saying. No one noticed Mary at the church until she married Cody. I know. You won't feel bad for Mary for long. Well, I still kind of do, but you'll see. Oh, does she have, is she gotta, like the alpha wife? Cause she was first. She's the alpha wife, but alpha wife takes a turn. There's okay. I'll wait. Oh, young grasshopper. Hopper. There's so much, <laughs> so much less left to explain. 
So Christine really was interested in Cody long before he was interested in her. So they all kind of go to the same church. She would even, she just wanted to be a part of this family. And she even talks to Mary. Mary's saying, hey, we're trying to find another wife. They have this wife they kind of like or this woman they kind of like. It doesn't end up working out. But Christine's on the phone saying, hey, this, you know, she's basically happy that this new wife doesn't work out for her. Right. Even though Christine could do so much better. So anyway, Christine's thrilled. They they don't end up working out. And eventually, Cody decides to pursue Christine. He thinks, okay, she's going to be a, a good person for our family. But he says, originally, he was not physically attracted to her. Thanks. He puts this in writing, and he says it on their freaking show that's nationally televised. Ugh. Here is, Rebecca, one of the worst stories I've ever heard in my oh, entire life. No. I know this. If you've ever had somebody, if you've ever been rejected, never. I have that once. You no, you not you. Um, this would be the worst rejection story in the world. Oh, no. So they go on this trip. Uh, Cody, Mary, and Christine when they're kind of dating, Wait, trying to figure things Janelle? out. Where's Janelle's working. Oh, Janelle okay. is always working. She's the most responsible one. Gotcha. She does not have time for vacations. Okay. He says that he looks at her. They stop at some quickie mart. And she brings out a bowl of nachos. She gets a plate of nachos covered in, you know, chili, covered in cheese. And she scarfs them down. And he said the site was so unattractive that he started second guessing their relationship. He said, I couldn't watch her eat them. She must have been starving because she was eating so quickly. And there was chili sauce and nacho cheese everywhere. He's a monster. And he basically was like, I had to stop seeing her after that. First of all, there's no other way to eat nachos than quickly and voraciously. So shut it, Cody. Yeah. Second of all, it appalls me that he's saying that about her. However, I've probably said similar about my husband. That's fair. I would do the same thing. But that's different. I I know. I want to – well, you didn't put it in writing in a freaking book that (laughs) – Apparently somehow nope. made it to the New York Times bestseller look book. Just just yes. a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Here's my my yeah, just a podcast. Um so I have a nacho story I think you'll enjoy. I too am um a nacho enthusiast. And mm-hmm. I once was keeping the till for a basketball game at my school. So I was keeping all the money and I got nachos and I was sitting at the desk and, you know, just waiting for people to come in and I would take their money. Well, I'm eating my nachos very, I'm very into this. And next thing I know, I turn around and the cash box is gone. Oh, I have no idea where You were it went. so devoted to the nachos. I was so into my nachos. I had no clue what happened. <laughs> And then I finally turn around more and a group of adults, I was a teenager, had taken the till and they said, you were just so into your nachos. We didn't think you noticed. <laughs> I was right. They, they were totally right. They require a lot of attention. Said, they do. Nachos. Your finger, all your fingers, you got to wipe, you got to lick, yeah, you, all of that. There's a lot going on in them. <laughs> so <laughs> they were, it, they were really good that day too. I mean- what can I say? Cheese in a can? Bring yes, it. Please. So wait, were the adults like testing you? Like, let's see if she yes. notices. And then they told you that's kind of messed up. It's totally <laughs> messed up. It's so messed up. But I also was the person who on like trips and stuff, volleyball trips, they would like 
bet me how much I could eat. So I would like try to brace the guys because we had girls and guys teams. And I would eat triple cheeseburgers, like three triple cheeseburgers. I could just out eat anybody. I'm so, so impressed. But it takes dedication and it takes concentration. Yes, it does. And if you steal from me, I won't notice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the takeaway. It also takes confidence, Melissa. Good job. There you go. I had an unnatural amount of confidence that day. So uh, I this is just a side note. Whenever I was reminding a friend of mine, Carly, who's a friend of our show, she about this nacho cheese thing, she called Cody Queso Cody <laughs> and the agent of chaos. And I was like, that's, that's totally him. I like that a lot. <laughs> so it, somehow Cody powered through the devastation of seeing his wife eats nachos like a human being. I say that from experience. Um, and they eventually get married in this tiny ceremony because it's a third marriage. There's that you can't have this giant big party. It's basically more of a dinner party. And he again drills in the fact that he is not attracted to her. She becomes a stay-at-home wife and she loves her role as homemaker. So they're all having kids at this point. Um, Mary, unfortunately, was only able to have one daughter. Um, she had issues with infertility. But Christine was a stay-at-home wife, She, the stay-at-home mom. She loved doing it. And she was also part of something called Principal Voices. And they were kind of the public face of polygamy, but on a very small scale. So, it, you know, more in Utah and stuff, you you would have heard of Principal Voices. And so while she's a part of this, and, and they basically do outreach to kind of say, hey, we're not bad. This is okay. Right. We're, you know, fine. But still staying under the radar. So during this time, she's approached by tons of people about being involved in documentaries about polygamy or, you know, TV shows. And she never tells Cody because she thinks like, mm, no, we don't want to do that. Eventually, though, he says, hey, you know, these people are interested. We've had people reach out to our family. And she said, oh, yeah, they contact me all the time. And he was like, OK, well, if they contact you again, let me know. And, and we need to think about it. So eventually, a man by the name of Tim Gibbons reaches out to the principal voice and is connected to Christine. They then speak to the family and decide they want to move forward with doing this show, putting doing this reality show. And all the wives eventually come around to it, but Christine was really worried because she knew this risk. When her dad was eight years old, his family was totally split apart after his father's arrest for polygamy. So oh. when she grew up, they grew up in secrecy and, and fear. And so they knew not to, if you weren't your dad's first wife's kids, he couldn't claim you in public, which can you imagine that? Like just all of a sudden you're with your kids, but now you can't act like you're with your kids. Yeah. They're somebody else's kids. It's really sad. So later her mom leaves her father, divorces him and leaves the faith. That's kind of an aside, but it doesn't always work out in these relationships is what I got from that. I would think. And yeah, and Christine and Cody together also have six kids, just like Janelle. So during this time, they're in various living situations. As you can imagine, the world's not really made for people living with three separate, you know, there's three separate couples, really. So in the beginning, Cody, Janelle, and Mary all live together, which, as I said, was horrific. And eventually, when Christine comes in, she lives in a cottage nearby. Keep in mind, this is so expensive to have so many households going on. That has been going through my mind. Like, how do they afford this many children and, and everything? Right. I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah. I mean, a little. They don't really give too much information, but I do have some. So eventually, Janelle ends up leaving the family at one point because it's just too much. And yeah, she leaves for almost a year. Wow. And she was still 
with Cody, but basically said if they moved further, she wasn't going. Eventually, she wanted her kids to be around their siblings, so she ends up moving. And so the family moves to Utah into this house that's basically a polygamous dream home. It's three apartments in Lehigh, Utah. So it's you've got your two upstairs and you've got your basement wife. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. And uh, Christine ends up being the basement wife, but you don't have separate entrances. So for some reason, this is such a huge sticking point on the show. They know their husband gets around their home, but they have a hard time seeing one wife walk in the front door with that husband. Like they know they go on dates. They know they make babies. But the idea of seeing them walk into the front door is just too far. That's too much. It's way too far. It's disrespectful. (laughs) Okay. I've never quite figured that out. They talk about this being a really good time in their life, depending on who you are. Christine thinks it was horrific. Janelle loved it. Mary, I've never gotten a good read on her. Cody enjoyed it because all of his kids were there. So he could go stay one night with one wife, but he's tucked all the other kids in bed. I can see how that would be. Great. Yeah. So this goes on for several years. Like, not 17 years, but at least seven or eight years. They, okay. they did this quite a bit. It was like a huge part of their family. So then let's bring on Robin. Factor is back as a sponsor of Criminality, and I couldn't be happier. Here is one of my favorite things about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're perfect year-round in all seasons. I loved having Factor meals in the winter when it was so cold and so miserable to go out And I was happier to stay inside and heat up my factor meal and get a warm meal. But now that it's spring and warming up outside, I'm revving up my fitness routine. So I don't want to do takeout as much. I certainly don't want to cook or grocery shop. And I'm more conscious about what I'm eating. Another perfect season and reason to get factor meals delivered. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in two minutes. You can choose from a weekly menu of over 35 options including popular options like the one I get, which is calorie smart, but you can also do keto, protein plus, or vegan and veggie. Also, it's not just meals. They have more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, beverages, all kinds of things to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Head to factormeals.com slash criminality50 and use code criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code criminality50 at factormeals.com slash criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Spring is bursting with fresh energy, the air, our aspirations, and even our homes get a refreshing makeover. And what better time to revamp your home security with Simply Safe? It's our top choice and for good reason. Praised as the best home security system for 2024 by US News and World Report and recognized by Newsweek for its exceptional customer service, Simply Safe has you covered. From break-ins to fires and floods, its comprehensive sensors keep your entire home safeguarded. I also love that with the cameras I have in my house, I can be gone, not be able to get a hold of a kid, and simply go onto one of the cameras and look around the room and see my kid is there and safe, but just ignoring me, as you know, kids will do sometimes. And with a range of indoor and outdoor cameras, you can keep a vigilant eye on your property around the clock. For less than a dollar a day, you can enjoy 24-7 professional monitoring, ensuring prompt emergency responses for whenever you need it. Plus, Simply Safe's monitoring agents can intervene in real time, deterring intruders with the power of voice through wireless indoor cameras. 
But the best part is there's no long-term commitment and you have a generous 60-day money-back guarantee. So why not give Simply Safe a try? If it doesn't exceed your expectations, simply return it for a full refund. Simply Safe has given us and our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Robin is the fourth wife. She grows up in Utah in the fundamentalist faith. Um, her mom was actually her dad's second wife. So okay. she w- was in a situation where she was with her dad one time and he had to act like he wasn't with their family. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so one of the things they did and Cody, Mary, Janelle, all of them, they would say they were sisters. So it was like, oh, this is Cody's sister. Mary's the one. Like, it's kind of gross. I mean, technically, Janelle was a sister. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh my so she never really, she never really minded it though, because she, like I said, very logical. She was like, "Well, that right, he is my brother. It's brother from another mother." Um, and so, <laughs> Robin always wanted a plural family. She thought it was great. Um, so she gets married to a man by the name of David Jessup in 1999. Jessup is a name I know a lot and comes up a lot in the history of the Mormon Church. You just, it's the last name you hear a lot. Yes. So she has three kids with him. They wanted to have a second wife. I'm not sure entirely why that never happened. Um, They don't really say, but they divorced in 2007. They kind of, she alludes to possible abuse and alcohol um, issues. So she says that she doesn't want anything to do with dating, with anything, and eventually is introduced to Cody after visiting his church with her cousin. She's not into it. She's not really super excited about it. Mary loves her. Mary is like, who finds the wife? She is the number one find finder. She's the Ask Jeeves. No, that wouldn't work there. The, the she's Ask like Bumble Jeeves. for <laughs> she's the, Bumble for wives. <laughs> yeah, she's the wife. <laughs> wife whisperer. <laughs> the wife whisperer. I love it. Wife whisperer. So they end up. She ends up saying, you know, hey, I come with this. She uses the word baggage. It's not baggage. It's her kids, but she's had a divorce. And so she says, I come with a lot. But they decide that she's she should be part of their family. So they end up having the longest engagement. The other engagements were like three months and less. Theirs end up being closer to a year because there were the holidays. They were going to get married in December, but then it was holidays. Then it was somebody's birthday, blah, blah, blah. Then the TV show is being recorded. So now... The TV show says, hey, we'll pay for your wedding, but you've got to have it on. Yeah. They end up having it recorded for TLC. That's the finale of the first season. So she has three kids when she comes into the marriage with Cody, and then the two of them have two, um, two together. So when we meet the Browns, they're courting Robin. That's how we, we meet them in this first episode. And I can't tell you how pumped I was to watch this first episode. <laughs> it was everything because you just never saw it for real. It was just this idea in your head of polygamy. But Rob, I keep wanting to call you Robin. I'm so sorry because that's not at all a compliment. It's just because of the R. And I think you are so wonderful and you are nobody's Robin. So (laughs) it's just the R that's messing me up. Put it on a t-shirt. I am nobody's Robin. Yeah, that actually is a great one. (laughs) (laughs) So Rebecca, you don't get 15 long, long seasons. By just having a wedding, there's got to be drama, right? Right. So 
Altogether, the couples have 18 kids. He has one with Mary, six with Janelle, six with Christine, five with Robin. Now, Tons five with Robin biological, death. like together or in addition Three to Three her? of hers and two, uh, two together. Okay. Yeah. So as we said, after the show debuted, they found out they could be arrested, right? They find out, you know, they're, they're investigating them. So they decide as a family to move to Vegas, baby, because, I mean- where else would you move? Vegas. What are they going to do in Vegas? I'm a polygamist. Who cares? Exactly. Nobody cares, you know? Pales in comparison to what most people are seeing. Exactly. So they end up renting homes, doing, again, all the moving I've seen. I could move you in like 14 minutes based on all the mistakes these people have made. They end up finding a bunch of homes in a cul-de-sac. Like they build four homes. So they're all in this cul-de-sac. It's perfect, right? So show goes on, we get all these like, will Cody take a fifth wife? And you just pray to God that's never going to happen. So far, it hasn't. Um, the adults all work together on various ventures because you got to make a TV show. So they got to pretend the only check they're getting isn't from TLC. Uh huh. They do things like going to real estate, which I think Janelle actually did because, again, she's the working hard, uh, no nonsense one. Yeah. LuLaRoe, uh, Mary and Christine – huge LuLaRoe people. They, Mary, if you go to her group, you can watch her videos and all she says immediately is, read the pen post. As soon as you get in there, she just, somebody asks a question, she reads it, read the pen post. And it's one of my favorite things to just yell at my kids sometimes. It's just fun. But LuLaRoe had a huge uh, downfall. They have, but not enough. It hasn't (laughs) come from Mary just yet. No, 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 no. And then they also did my personal favorite, which is my sister's sister wife's closet. I've heard about this. Yes. This is the failed jewelry empire section. Tell me everything. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot to tell you. (laughs) Oh, darn. (laughs) You take three, four women, one man who have, I would consider no personal style besides (laughs) wearing t-shirts with like spaghetti strap shirts over them and say, you make us designs and not expect every design to just be a heart. Every freaking design was a heart. (sighs) So who was this partnership with? Where could you get this stuff? Did it ever come to fruition? Was it ever sold in in stores? In stores. Silly (laughs) Rebecca. No, it was an online marketplace that did not do well. And the website, it's still there. And there's more stuff coming soon. And I'm signed up for email updates. But so far, no luck. I wonder if Jen I mean, Shaw did their uh, email marketing. There you go. Sometimes you just want four hearts on a necklace for no good reason. I mean, well, let's do great that. reason for wives. Exactly. But come on, do we really heart jewelry? I just cannot take it. I don't. I feel like if you love me and you give me heart jewelry, <laughs> you're gonna kill me because there's no reason. You know, that's just like an an act of violence. I don't want it. <laughs> so. <laughs> So anyway, anyway, they they should play to their strength though. Like maybe write a book, like what to expect when three moms are expecting at one time. That, <laughs> that's a that's a bestseller, absolutely. It's a specific specific uh, genre, but I think somebody would. There's buy a it. market. There you go. I, if I bought this one, I'd buy that one. So as time goes on, though, Robin's kids, since they are from her first marriage, they do not have any insurance. They don't have any legal connection to Cody. So to be able to, this is how it's been sold to us. We don't know how much is true. To be able to get them on his insurance, he needed to be married to Robin and adopt these kids. Okay. Well, the only way to marry Robin is to divorce Mary. 
So. Oh, because he could only he, be married to one at a time. Yeah. And he's only got a spiritual union with the other two. Yeah. But they're his kids. Union. So we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Got it. Right. So they have to get divorced. And so I can imagine that would be very difficult. Like your place has always been the first wife and now this new hot thing, relative, uh, this new hot thing comes in and now you've lost your status as legal wife and now this new thing, (laughs) I keep calling Robin thing, but that just shows how much I love her. Um, She is now going to take your place. Really, I mean, it's that that's like now she's the newest one and she's the legal one. So they end up doing this and it's really, really hard um, on Seeking Sister Wives, which by the way, if, if you're not watching that, it's on Monday nights. It's so good. Seeking Sister Wives, they're all looking for Sister Wives, but some are for religious reasons and some are literally, they just want a nanny. The students uh, just want a nanny. That sounds um, more honest. Right? Is it connected to this show or is it is it a spinoff or separate, entirely separate? It's separate entirely. Okay. But okay. fun fact, one of the couples that were on Seeking Sister Wives last season, they're her brother is married to Christine's daughter's husband. Okay. Something like that. It's all it's, connected. It's got to be a very small, niche community, right? I mean, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So you really could marry your cousin very easily. If you could marry your brother, you could marry your cousin. Seriously. So, so even on the Seeking Sister Wives, one of the couples uh, had to get divorced so he could marry somebody from overseas so she could come here on a visa, mm-hmm. which is all of it so risky. So anyway, but shortly after this divorce, we get the biggest sister wife scandal. That is that we find out that Mary has been catfished. Uh-oh. And I wish I was kidding, but I'm not kidding. Oh, Rebecca. no. Poor Mary gets catfished. And she doesn't get catfished by just anyone. She gets catfished by a man named Sam. They were talking for six months over Twitter uh, Sam was a businessman in his early 40s, a millionaire apparently. Mm, of course. Um, yeah, and according to Mary, it was a friendship. That's it. Um, the messages will uh, speak otherwise. <laughs> but <laughs> ultimately, uh, Sam wasn't Sam at all. Sam was actually a woman named Jackie Overton, and Jackie Overton is a known scammer. She still has a Twitter account that I was on the other day, uh, with 100,000 followers, talking about her life, but I don't think her life is true. I mean, I feel like once a scammer, always a scammer, right? For sure. Yeah. So anyway, in this friendship that Mary has made with Sam, um, Sam has an assistant named Lindsay Jackson. You aren't going to believe this, but Lindsay wasn't a real person either. What? I know that's – I know. <laughs> That's the real shock, oh, not Mary. Janelle and Cody being brother and sister. <sighs> um, but the photos of Lindsay are. So Jackie Overton is using these photos of her as Lindsay, the assistant. Apparently, Lindsay's involved in their friendship. I don't get why. She even goes to, Mary even goes to Disneyland with Lindsay. I guess Sam couldn't show up. So there's photos of them together. Jackie eventually says that they had a sexual relationship. None of this has been confirmed by Mary. Um, it's all very speculative not going to go any further into that. She wrote books, one's called like Almost Married, but spelled how Mary spells her name. Oh. You had to buy it on PayPal. It was a whole thing. A for effort. I did not buy that one. Um, So there's tons of proof that Mary, thinking it was Sam, but maybe Lindsay, <laughs> were in communication. 
But she claims, Mary claims all the voicemails, all the messages were actually a result of manipulation and claims that she was being extorted by Sam and she wanted to protect her family. So she would say whatever they wanted to say to her. Um, Mary said at the end of the day, she thought she had a friend, but she was lied to and it's a friendship and that's it. But the messages say something different. Um, Rebecca, I'm going to be sending you two photos. Okay. And we'll need real, real-time real reactions. And which one do I want to send you first? Okay, I'm going to send you this one. No, 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 no. Well, that one's fine. It's the next one that'll really get you. Okay. So what did I send you a photo of? It's a peeled banana. That's not all I sent you a photo of. Oh, incoming. Hold on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so... I don't think we should post these, but um, these, uh, if you Google Mary Brown banana. Not suitable for work. Not suitable for work, indeed. But her whole thing is, hey, this was just a friendship, but then you've got something like this. And I have one more little thing to send you. It's not that, but it's a voicemail I'd like you to listen to. Don't Show. ever send a picture of yourself eating banana. Oh, block I you. I, don't worry. <laughs> I okay. would block myself. So here's the voicemail. I'm sorry that you felt like that was a comparison. All I was saying was I had that. I know what that feels like. That's not what I'm looking for with you. You understand that what I want with you is something deeper and stronger and more passionate. It's what we have. We have something more passionate than I've ever felt. You know that. Wow. Wow. She wants something more passionate. I mean, to be fair, Rebecca, I send you emails or messages all the time saying, can we have a more passionate friendship? <laughs> I'm like, I have nothing left to give, Melissa. <laughs> I should have told you. I should have been more clear up front. <laughs> We're just good for nothing wives. That's what we Perfect pair. Yeah. Um, well, that's intense, and it it is brings up a lot. It brings up a lot, and to be quite honest, I felt really bad for her because yeah. she's gone through this divorce with her husband, and things I, I don't know. You can see the dynamics changing in the family, and so Cody finds out about this, as does the whole world, and he's not happy. There's never any real resolution, and I really think a lot of that comes from the fact that Mary will never say. I thought I was in a relationship. I thought I was having, you know, I was going to live with this person or whatever. She just says I was extorted. This was a scam. So it's kind of like you can't really forgive someone if they can't accept it. They can't face it. I know, but she was in a in, a, in such a unique and weird situation. Right? Yeah. For all intents and purposes, still sort of joined with him and and his wife, yeah. but not legally and kind of set aside to make room for this new person. So there was this opening for something like this to happen. Oh, for sure. And she only had the one kid. That kid was older. So she's by herself. She's an empty nester. Yeah. Her husband at best comes every four days to stay at her house. It's like they have the rotation. I think so too. She can be kind of insufferable. She can make herself out to be a victim. But I feel like at the heart of it, like it was a very lonely person yeah. who got involved in something and then totally got screwed in the situation. But from that point on, this is like six years ago, seven years ago, she told Cody, don't come to my house because she was like, I'm going through some things. And to that day, he doesn't go to stay at her house anymore. He rotates between the three wives 
They're all still a family, but they're not really a couple anymore. It's weird, Rebecca. It's like, it breaks my heart for her too, because I'm like, you're by yourself. Is she allowed to see other people? Like, are there conditions no. around mm-hmm. that? No, what? it's polygamy. He's in, he's the man that has the three, four wives, and she just has to deal with that. Well, she can leave. So it's not like a thing where he doesn't say she can leave. She can leave, but she is part of this family. Like, for some reason, she is very dedicated to it. Yeah. I haven't figured it out. But the whole thing, like, that's kind of what they're going through in this season. It's COVID, and then we're dealing with that. But we've been dealing with their marriage for years. I'm still My gosh. For it. Okay. Yeah. So during this time, the Browns end up leaving Las Vegas and moved, moving to Arizona. Why Arizona? No one really knows. It doesn't seem like it was a very smart idea. They had all this cul-de-sac. All of them were together. And now they're really kind of spread out. It's kind of sad they're not around each other anymore. So the family, though, still can't move back to Utah, which at one point was like their goal to move back to Utah. So during this time away that they come out as polygamists, a lot goes on with the laws, which was really the whole point of <laughs> our show was to talk about the legal part of it. Yeah. And so that now they have a face of polygamy, though. And so they feel like they're the face of polygamy and they can do some good with it. On July 13th, 2011, the Browns file a complaint in United States District Court for the District of Utah challenging this polygamy law. Okay. And they release a statement that basically says there's tens of thousands of families in Utah and other states, and we want to have equal treatment for our family and others. And, um, you know, this would be the first step is to decriminalize uh, polygamy. So a little over a year later, on June 1st, 2012, the criminal case against the Browns is dropped, although their civil, civil case is still active. But that same year, a federal judge decriminalized bigamy among consenting adults for a brief time, but a federal appeals court overturns it. So it's still just kind of going through yes and no, yes and no, yes and no. In 2017, the Utah State Legislature recriminalized polygamy. And what Utah did was really point to these things that have happened in polygamy. So Sure, we see Cody, Mary, Janelle, all of them having a healthy, in quotes, marriage, and their kids are doing well, and they're thriving, and their kids are happy, but they're connected just by association to Warren Jeffs, right? That's the... Sure. That's the dark downside of what could happen. Yeah. And that's what people thought of first, right? Sure. So he had been the president of the FLDS church, and back in 2011, he was convicted of two counts of sexual assault against a child. He was eventually sentenced to life in prison plus 20 years. So he had as many as 70 wives, many of them underage. So these weren't wives. These were girls that were, you know. Awful. Yeah, just terrible. So those who want polygamy laws in Utah want them for reasons like this. A lot of these people have escaped polygamy in these child bride situations. And so, of course, they they don't care about the good side of it. They know what they've seen. They know what they've been through. So you can understand where they're fighting for this. But those that are against polygamy laws, like the Browns, say that when these families are forced to hide in secret, things can't be reported. Things like mm. these crimes can't be com- reported. Because if you say – if something took place where they should call the police – They're not going to call the police because the police come to their house and they find out that their dad is married to three women and now the family is separated. So, so much can't be reported because they're living in fear. So if you take that off, even the stuff, the Warren Jeffs type stuff, 
shouldn't be happening because people won't be afraid to call the police and say, this is happening down the road from where I live right. because now you're not going to be investigated. So it makes sense, I think. Ultimately, though, on March 28, 2020, Senate Bill 102 was signed into law by Governor Gary Herbert. It says a married person can take additional spouses at the same time but not be subjected to felonies so long as the spouses come in willingly. So not the Warren Jeff situation, but the Brown situation. They all came into it being married, knowing about the other spouses. But if you are threatened, frauded, or forced into it, or it involves abuse, it's a second-degree felony and carries a prison term of up to 15 years. If it doesn't have to do with any of that, it's an infraction and can draw a fine of up to $750 in community service, leaving the Browns with the opportunity to flee back to Utah if they so choose. Okay. So as I said earlier, I've done the math. And I have now watched at least 176 hours of Sister Lives, Rebecca. It's probably closer to 200 because some seasons had two-hour episodes, and I watched, I watched, and I watched. Do you know what this makes me worry? What? I don't know if I've ever said this to you before, but my husband says I know more about Nexium than any woman not Nexium should. I think yeah. you might be closer to being a sister wife than any woman who's not a sister wife is. Listen, if I had anything to bring to the table, I would uh, be all about that life. <laughs> I just don't think I'm good sister wife material. They're going to be like, next, who's next? Mary, find somebody else. This one's not bringing anything to the table. So Rebecca, though, I did think of, in closing of my story, five things I could have done with my time instead of <laughs> investing 176 hours in sister wives. The Let first thing it. is, I could have interned for Sonia Morgan. Those oh. were hours well spent. Absolutely. Right? It's a life experience. I, yeah, there you go. I could be Pickles too. Uh, <laughs> electric Boogaloo. Uh, I could have ghostwritten a book for Aviva Dresser. Mm -hmm. That was just waiting to be had. Lucrative. Yeah. I could have made it about Tom for Luann. Always. We can do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I could have eaten gummy bears on Scary Island with Kelly Ben Simone. Oh. Yeah. And lastly, I could have made robocalls for Jen Shaw. Oh, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I like that full circle, closing the gap. I did it. Wow. So <laughs> that's all you have to say. No, I have so much to say. And I'm really glad you got to the part where you're talking and explaining the federal law and their thinking on it. Because by the end of your story, I'm just kind of like, look. It isn't for me, all joking aside. It sounds complicated, and two people in a relationship is complicated enough. But, you know, I'm thinking, what's the big deal? If they're not hurting anyone and their children are okay, they're consenting adults. Sounds like this should not be a federal law. Right. But then the reminder of the Warren Jeff story changes that. But wouldn't that, don't we just need to re redefine forced marriages of young children? Like, yeah. that isn't polygamy. That is just sexual abuse and right so so I like that they've landed on this if it, they come in willingly but maybe add like an age like 18 plus right right yeah yeah to, to avoid this getting muddied up with polygamy because that's separate right to be honest it could have said 18 and up I didn't look very okay. deeply maybe into it, it I just saw that it was yeah I, I would imagine it was because that's what they were trying to avoid to prevent that. yeah that makes so total I can sense. Really see both sides where you're saying, 
this is what I left this and and then the Browns saying people won't report it if right. they hear that their family's going to be separated. Why would you ever? Of you course. wouldn't say anything. So it it really I don't know. It opened my eyes to the reasons why and why not. And I think the way they're doing it now makes a lot of sense to to say as long as you came into it willingly. Yeah, it's your life. It makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and it's a subculture I'm really not familiar with. I'm from the Northeast. Like I've really, it's never been around me. Um, and I have not been a sister wives watcher, though I have watched some since meeting you because you mm-hmm. talk about it so much. I've been so curious and it, it is fascinating. There is a hard to look awayness about it. It's, it's an interesting, um, I don't know, their stories are so interesting and how they come into it is very interesting to me. And just the one that blows my mind is Janelle, just her and her mom going into it and being so, her mom being so against it and coming into it and being like, no, I'm going to marry this man. What? Yeah. What happened in that moment? What was so powerful that she got swept up in the idea? That's interesting to me. And, you know, polygamy and the man being in control, it seems like Cody is the patriarch and things do revolve around him. And yet Mm -hmm. there's also some maybe sense of female empowerment for women in the situation, right? There has to be. It's, It's come a long way. And they very much, he's like, well, they just make my schedule. And he acts kind of like, angry about it but it's like no you know what these are there you signed up for this there's four women women girls rule the world who does girls so we we know the schedules we know how things work you know not to say that men can't but you know it makes sense that they're like okay this is this is how we're going to do it they work together but it's 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 an interesting show. It is all about family dynamics and and where different people fit in and kind of it's an interesting look at how people relate to each other, I think, and even in friendships and stuff because they have to keep their friendships somewhat. They have to be able to work together for their kids to be around each other for Robin always says if Cody's having a good marriage with his other wives, he'll have a good marriage with me, so it's important. It's a very interesting. The whole thing is very interesting to me. I'm I'm fascinated by it obviously, 176 hours later. But I do want to say that I know that the Mormon church now prefers to be called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, in, good to know. Yeah. In all the research, it says Mormon a lot and stuff. So I, I do know that, and I tried to say it as much as I could, but it's it's talking back in years past whenever it did go by Mormonism. So, um, so there is a difference, and I know that's what they prefer to be called now. Good to know. You know, it's I've loved Salt Lake the new Housewives franchise for many reasons, but one of them is that a lot of them, if they aren't presently practicing Mormonism or Church of the Latter-day Saints, right? Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Church. Saints. It's a mouthful. Yeah, it's, yeah. So a lot of the Housewives, if they're not actively practicing LDS, they they came from that family or that background or converted. And I find it fascinating. That's part yeah. of the reason I like that show is there is this shared experience and history that a lot of the other shows don't have in terms of a religion and a community. Right. And they speak that language together. And I Mm. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. So I do too. I do too. This is like a lot of religions has a, you know, smaller faction, this more conservative Mm. fundamentalist group that's sister wise. So interesting. Yeah, good. I'm glad. Let me tell you, it really did not come together until mm, closer to <sighs> yesterday or today. I was in full panic just trying to bring it. Hopefully it made sense, but we will put pictures up because there is it's a lot of people. The, the family tree really helped. So that was great. I'm really glad they never went to jail. That's a big family to break up. It is. You it know? is. 
I know. And they, you know, what would they do if Janelle wasn't working? I just don't know. <laughs> She's so such a hard worker. She's the uh, the glue, I guess. She is. Oh, my gosh. She totally is. So, Rebecca, do you want to talk about the things we're watching? Other than Jen Shaw updates? Yes. Yeah. Let's, do, <laughs> let's do that. Perfect. Do you want to go first? Sure. So I am a little bit late to this show. Shocker. I always feel like I'm saying that. I don't even know what season it's up to, but I just started season one of a Netflix show. Okay. And the clues I'm going to give you are Mad Men, Robbery, Detroit Suburb. (laughs) Um, I don't know geography, so I'm already out. Um... It's Michigan. Yeah, no, that's, I know that's a state. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, okay, so an actress from Mad, Mad Men is in this show. That's oh, a little oh, more helpful. Oh, Good Girls. Yes, good girls. Yes, yes, Christina Hendricks. Yes. And it's in a Detroit suburb, and Got which it. I've learned. Have you watched? Yeah, I have. I have. I haven't watched the most recent season, but I've watched several seasons. Yeah, it's two super or three. fun. It is. It's not perfect. No. But, I, but I'm enjoying it, and it's what I've needed the last couple of weeks, just something I can have fun with. I like their dynamic. I think the acting is good. Again, sometimes it annoys me, and I feel like it's not – it could be even sharper. Right. But they I like put it. it together in a very, like – they're always getting out of, you know, precarious situations. It's ridiculous. So easily, where you're like, yeah. you have to suspend belief to get through Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But, but it is like a mindless, like – interesting a little bit of action stuff going on a little breaking badish vibe on a female side but in a much more dark comedy it's not as dark at all yeah it's breaking bad light for women yeah yeah (laughs) that might have been the log line in the pitch meeting a lot of caveats on that one yeah, and the guy from Scooby-Doo. Why can't I remember his name? Matthew Lillard. I'm like, oh, wow, Matthew, yes. where have you been? Yes, I know he was. He's got such a recognizable face and voice. I forgot his name, but um, yeah. yeah, they're really good. Yeah, I enjoy it. It is like one of those that I just will play several in a row and totally mostly pay attention, but I can be doing laundry and I'm I'm not going to miss a whole lot. And if well, you I miss like that something, one. you can like keep moving with the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's fine. Totally. Okay, so mine is an HBO show. I love HBO. Yes, just came out. Just came out. Okay. Um, Ray Romano is one of the stars in it. Oh. Kristen Malati is the other one. She's she was the mom in uh, How I Met Your Mother, which I didn't watch that, but it was like a big deal. She was the mom. Um, It's a dark comedy, and it's about a husband and wife kind of, where the husband owns like a tech company and a brain chip is involved, which doesn't sound like something I would like, but I'm obsessed with this show i i love ray romano so i don't know what it is but i really want to know because it sounds like something i'm going to watch okay it's called made for love and it's on hbo ray romano is the dad in this he's kind of weird well he's very weird and quirky you'll see what i mean but it's such a fun it's a fun watch but it's so different in that it's a relationship between a husband and wife. Everything's perfect. They live in like this cube. I don't want to give any more away, but just trust me on this. I don't like futuristic kind of stuff. So it's not way in the future. It could technically happen now, but I don't I know. It's fascinating. I am so intrigued. I'm so intrigued. Oh, good. I think, you had I think me- they're half an hour episodes. Uh, sold. You had me at Ray Romano on HBO. It feels like I'm going to love it. I know. So there's been three episodes. Three more come out on April 8th. 
And then I think oh. two more after that. So yeah, you already get three right off the bat. I, I enjoy that. that. I love mm-hmm. a, a be. Um, I feel like I'm on the front end of a show for once. Yay. Um, thank you. Yeah, I've been dying to tell you that all week, but I had to save it till today. I know. We're in like save it for the podcast mode <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, well, speaking of the podcast, for the next one, I guess I'll tell a story. Yes. And I've got a few clues, but I'll be honest, it's a tough one to to veil under clues. I feel like this is very obvious, but just here they are. I'll play dumb. <laughs> or you can say I know and you can okay. see if you're right in two weeks. <laughs> All right. Okay. Chicago. What is it with me in the Midwest cities? What is it with me and not knowing <laughs> geography? So I'm already over it. I have no idea. Okay. So Chicago, because mm-hmm. apparently I love Midwest cities. Airplanes. Chasens and Chasens is spelled C H A S E N apostrophe S, and that is a proper noun. That's a place. Not a clue in the world. I tried to make it a little tough because there's so many like dead ringers. So right. yeah, you'll just have to wait. Oh, I can't wait. This is exciting. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I just started, so we'll see. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> but um, but it's uh, it's going to be really different from yours. Well, I would hope so, because how many (laughs) sister and brother getting married to each other can we do? Can there be, really? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, you'll just have to wait, but I can't wait to tell you. Yay. So, Rebecca, where can people find you? Every Wednesday, I have new episodes of Dialogue Podcast coming out, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dialogue Pod. Awesome. And you can find Moms and Murder every Tuesday on wherever you get your podcasts. I think it's Moms and Murder Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Man, I really wish I used Facebook more, but let's be honest, I don't. Sorry. Yeah. Well, until next time, is that it? That's it. I thought I'd let you close it. I just (laughs) decided to sit in silence. I know. I'm like, wait, is there a business we didn't think of? Oh, and you're also going to hear a promo for our friend's new podcast called Judgy and Juryish. Uh, that's by Jamie Rice. And her she you might know her from Murderish, her original podcast. Now she has right. a second one with her friend Jamie. And it's super fun. It's reality show recaps. Yeah, perfect. I can't Enjoy. Wait. Yeah. Okay, we will be back in two weeks. And uh, Rebecca will be done. It'll be exciting. I can't wait. I want to Google things, but I'm not going to. Don't do it. And so I'm excited. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, I'm Jamie. You might know me from Murderish, a true crime podcast. Well, I've got a new podcast called Judgy and Juryish, and I'm hosting it with my best friend since junior high. That's me, Jesse. Every week on Judgy and Juryish, Jamie and I edition our favorite reality TV shows with judgy opinions coming in hotter than a Lady Morgan toaster oven. We'll take you inside the drama, and when reality stars fight, best believe we are engaging. Put on your She by Charade joggers, pour a glass of Ramona Pinot Grigio. Then search for and subscribe to Judgy and Juryish in your favorite podcast app. And remember, fix your face and stay looking hot. Because you don't want to end up with a crappy mugshot. Bye. Bye! Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. 
And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.